smooth line. I'm Ryan Noonan. Happy to be here, as always. Thursday night, leading into Thursday night football with my friends, Connor Allen, John Tagle, JD, how are we feeling, buddy? Doing well. Week six. Do we have an update on records for everyone? I know it may be bad. I know I took some terrible losses. I don't want to go on my soapbox about how unlucky I got last week, but I would still like updated records. We don't have updated records. I know I went two and one last week. I don't know. Yeah, I actually had a good week. I think I went either two and one or yeah, or three and zero. Oh. I'm not sure which ones I gave out, but I, Dan I, I Rivera, actually did have a good week. Get on that updated records. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we can we can get there. We're you know trying to. And I think we like talking about football more than just kind of giving picks. So we're going to kind of try to do that a little bit more too. So um, not that we have you know six. You know, we're going to talk about our favorite six games here for the week because I think we have some good ones here. More so than uh, just picks, because I think we ran into a little bit of, um, you know, sometimes we were overlapping. So the thought was, hey, if, even if we go three picks each, we're going to still talk about nine games and we'll skip the bad games. But then we were getting into like, well, I like this team total and you like the line. All of a sudden we're talking about five games and uh, just a little bit different. So we're going to try to maybe mix it up and go a little bit more, move the line old school this week. And uh, maybe moving forward too, maybe some guests, splash it up a little bit, keep it spicy. But uh, we will start, as always, in this spot to talk about Thursday Night Football. Um, but if you're hanging out with us in the chat on YouTube, smash the like button, as always. We appreciate that. And subscribe to the channel. Lots of other great content here at 444 in the YouTube page. You can see Daigle in a plethora of other spots, too, talking about waiver wires and redraft and DFS and all the things. Uh, lots of great content here at 444 that we are proud of. So subscribe so you do not miss a show. If you're hanging out with us live tonight, Jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite week six look is, side or total. Some good games this weekend. We want to get started with those. Before we do, I want to remind you that we have two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available to stream here on YouTube, also available in podcast form, wherever you consume, wherever you're watching or listening. We appreciate if you were to subscribe, rate and review. It goes a long way, uh, helps us do more things and you know continue to add new things to our Betting subscription over at 444, which we are uh, really excited about and proud of. Uh, NBA rolling out in a couple of days. We'll have prop articles and picks, uh, mostly on the prop side, in our Discord there every day. So looking forward to that. Move Line Prop Drop is live here, 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday as well. Pat Mayo joins Connor and myself all season long. So again, if you are subscribed to the 444 YouTube channel, you will catch that one. So uh, six-pack of games here, gentlemen. Excited to get started here. Let's talk first about the Colts. And the Jaguars, this is a rematch of just a couple of weeks ago, which is strange to have them kind of running it back this soon. But uh, here we are. Jags are uh, getting two, getting one and a half in some spots. You know, Colts, small, small favorites there. Looking like our total is pretty low, too. We're around 42, if I'm not mistaken, on the over-under there. Um, yeah, 42, 41 and a half in a couple of different spots there, too. Obviously, this game last time, was a mess. Uh, Jags dominated in uh, at home, forty or twenty-four to zip. No Michael Pittman in that one, obviously. But this Colts offense is shockingly bad. They are basically bottom three, almost dead last in anything that really matters statistically. Uh, when you think about some of the really bad offenses in this league, to think that this offense is dead last in basically anything that matters is pretty wild. We might get Jonathan Taylor back. Uh, limited practice on Thursday after not practicing on Wednesday. Jacksonville, bad loss last week in Houston. Uh, the offense moved the ball. They just couldn't get it, uh, do anything in the red zone. Some bad turnovers 
from Trevor Lawrence. They are the uh, first team in the past four years to have 400 plus yards on offense and score six or fewer points. So bad spot for them. But the Jags have been a team that we've been on a lot here. Uh, Connor, I'll get us started with you. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I really like the Colts team total uh, under here at 21 and a half or more. I know it's something that we both play in our discord at 22 and a half, but I am just, I'm still surprised that this, that this game, the total is even this high, to be honest here last, as we saw already, you know, shut them out 24 zero Colts through five weeks, dead last in offensive DVOA 30th and first downs, 32nd and second downs, 32nd and third and fourth downs. Like they're bottom in just like pretty much every efficiency metric. Uh, and you know, their offensive line really hasn't played as well as we thought Jaguars defense has played really well. I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, top five in a lot of efficiency metrics on the other hand, and you know, Colts right now, Owen five to this number this season, uh, also divisional matchups tend to be lower scoring on the second rematch. Uh, that's just like, you know, historically it's usually a couple of points fewer in those divisional matchups. So getting the hook on 21 and a half points, I really like, I mean, I think that you could go, I'd go either way on the side just because of Jacksonville's offensive struggles at least in, in finishing things and I think that just in general we've seen kind of that volatility from Trevor Lawrence which is okay it doesn't necessarily it's not always a bad thing it's just that sometimes you know he goes through uh goes through some issues there and so for me on the side I would probably lean Jags but at the end of the day I think that we're looking at more of like a 2017 type of game either way uh and maybe even less maybe even like a 17 14 type of game pick this game that'd be me but I would say someone must have a bet on it since uh, we're supposed to be excited about the Colts Jaguars. I just look at the last time they played this year and remember the Colts were coming off 90 plays. And as you mentioned, noon, it didn't have Michael Pittman. I think it's a completely different matchup. They's all, they've also had Alec Pierce emerge now as a deep threat, even though Matt Ryan has only thrown seven passes, 20 plus yards deep. He's not going deep, but they've had another receiver suddenly emerge who is usurping Paris Campbell, who isn't helping out at all. Also, just the fact that Jaguars now for three games in a row have allowed at least five yards per play. So if you told me to pick a side, uh, team total can still go under. But I actually think we are discounting the Colts against the Jaguars, who I have many, many questions about. Uh, we keep discussing Trevor Lawrence every week, but he hasn't thrown for 300 yards since week six last year. Like he's proving he just doesn't have a ceiling. So it's really an offense I'm too scared of either. So yeah, I lean the Colts actually. Yeah, we both played the Colts team total on there, so I think that's probably why uh, Connor's on that there too. But uh, uh, any concerns about Jonathan Taylor coming back? I mean, obviously the 10 days of rest helps, I and mean, I guess it'll be 17 or so since he actually originally injured himself or whatnot. Um, you know, no Hines. We've seen, again, the, the offensive line has been a, a real problem here. So, like, I think if you like the Colts, you probably really like the game under because I just don't see the Colts getting, you know, a crazy amount of points here. Um, even if they were to get on the team total, I feel like that's, gosh, either 24 would be the worst case scenario of us losing it. They love to the ball, run the ball on first down. They are dead last in DVOA on runs on first down. Jacksonville is first in the league in rushing defense DVOA on first down. Like they are going to play into their hands because they think they're terrified to allow Matt Ryan to drop back um, and really push the ball down the field. I think Rich Rebar had the, the number around like, we haven't seen anything down the field past 17 yards for Michael Pittman all season long. Like that's frustrating when, you know, we are all, I think one way or another pretty invested in Michael Pittman this season. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I think Jacksonville's feels like the square spot. So I agree kind of what Daigle's saying, but man, I, I just, I can't get there. So it's for me, it's Jags or nothing. And I think the team told is the best bet, but not excited to watch this game either. To be honest. Yeah. I mean, one of our favorite six games, but uh, was not, I mean, that was just mostly on there because I feel like we had a, 
a strong take on a on like a bet here. Not necessarily because we were really excited to watch the game. This will yeah. be, you know, I mean, hardly watched. Probably a game we watch and recap. To be to be mostly honest, we got a bet, so that that counts for something. Um, a game I think is going to be a little bit better. Uh, I could very easily see JD poo pooing this one as well. Because uh, not necessarily thrilling to watch the uh, New England. I'm Patriots. all excited about two games this week, to be honest. So I'll just poo poo everything. It's okay. All right. Sorry, um, we haven't got a nothing matters yet from you, which is totally in play. Uh, it's it only matter, it could be this one. I'm already getting one. tired. Give it time. <laughs> Patriots on the road in Cleveland. Uh, they are catching three, and uh, the total 43, 43 and a half in some spots. I think both teams want to run the football a ton. I think both teams will probably be able to run the football a lot, but we are coming off of a week last week where New England shut down a Detroit team that had a lot of success running the football early in the season with a terrific offensive line. They were able to do absolutely nothing in New England last week. Um, one of the successful plays from your uh, humble host here last week. I uh, did not think we'd get a shutout, but uh, that's look good. I don't know that it matters still from a quarterback standpoint because I think we're going to see a – you know, deliberate effort to make Jacoby Brissett beat New England here. And look, Patriots defense is playing a lot better than I thought. This is a team that I was down on coming into the season. I thought they were going to have some issues in the secondary. Jack Johnson is, or Jack Jones is playing out of his mind back there. Uh, real good, like defensive rookie of the year, long shot look, because uh, he continues to play good football. Um, I think New England should not be catching three. I think they are live to win this football game, even if it's Bailey Zappi, Connor. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really want to buy the Patriots after coming off of just like a massive win there, but I think in this spot, the matchup's actually pretty good. And for a couple of reasons, uh, I mean, this Cleveland defense has just gotten ripped consecutively. I mean, week to week, you know, we, I talked about it last week here, but this Cleveland defense, you know, has, was bottom three in a bunch of different metrics. And then I thought, oh, well, they're getting back Miles Garrett, they're getting back Jaden Clowney, you know, they're going to be a little bit, a little bit healthier still get destroyed for over six yards of play uh, against the Chargers. Now they get coming against the Patriots here. Browns right now averaging, allowing 5.94 yards per carry, 30th in EPA. I mean, dead last in run defense EPA. And we just saw Ramondre Stevenson crush it. And on the other side, I think this is actually the more, more important matchup. The Patriots overall metrics on paper against the run look horrible. I mean, they're like, you know, bottom five, bottom six, and a lot of run defense metrics. But if you kind of like focus in a little bit more and you pull out the quarterback runs from Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, they've all, they're only allowing 4.8 yards per carry to opposing running backs held the lions to just 2.91 yards per carry. As you mentioned, focused in on that. So, you know, I think that's going to be the name of the game here. It's if the Patriots can kind of stop Nick Chubb uh, you know, I really think that they're, they win out right here pretty easily. If they can't, I think it's probably more of a closer to a 50 50 versus uh, you know, the a heavy Patriots lean. So yeah, I like the Pats. All right. I think plus three is a good look. Uh, I did not put this game down. Uh, that was you, I believe, first. So, but I do like this game and something that we talked about. I was surprised, but the more I broke it down, I think that they they have a good shot to win out right here. I mean, we want to talk about the Panthers and Rams. I don't think we did. So, um, mm. we got to fill it here. I think we got the games that you know we want to talk about. I don't think we're missing anything. But uh, yeah, again, I, I feel the, like the pass to the side. I was you know considering a team total bet here, whether it was pro Patriots at nineteen and a half, which has mostly moved to twenty and a half now. Um, or maybe an underplay on I th what I think is an overperforming, really what they're fourth in DVOA, the Cleveland offense. Uh, they've beat up on some pretty bad bad teams. Uh, I think Belichick has some familiarity with, with Kobe Brissett here, and I think they're going to find a way to limit them. Uh, Dig, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I initially thought it was going to be a fish play to just easily sail the Patriots in a game that even Vegas knew they were going to destroy the Lions. Um, 
three and a half point favorites at home with Bailey Zappi under center against the Lions defense who has been scoring points. And even Vegas knew like Lions don't have a chance in that game. And so now in a bounce back spot, Bailey Zappi, you know, at a road start as well. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was bad, but at the same time, like Cade York missed the field goal. Uh, it was Jacoby Brissett who threw an interception on one of the final possessions that really screwed the Browns over, but still to hang around in it and really a shootout last week against the chargers and to shoot themselves in the foot as they, as they also did a couple weeks ago against the Falcons where they just couldn't score on the goal line as well. And so I still, I still actually lean the Browns here. Uh, I think it's a bad spot for the Patriots offense overall and just Zappy in particular. Yeah, we'll probably get Zappy. I mean, I, there's, we're seeing, you know, practice videos of Mac Jones. We saw a practice video of uh, videos of Mac Jones last week too. So like it's a, a high angle sprain. They are kind of easing into a really soft part of the schedule. Um, you know, they could literally lose all those games because they just don't have that type of ceiling. But um, this is kind of when historically New England, even in bad years, even in Cam Newton years, even in Matt Castle years, kind of starts to get going a little bit. They play really well in October, early November. And I feel like they start to find something on the defensive side. They start to get healthy a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think New England's the play here. But uh, I like, you know, sending opinions. It makes for uh, a better listen. Uh, all right, next game is uh, the Ravens on the road against the Giants. Uh, this one is up to, let's see, total around 45, 45 and a half. Um, this one's moved a little bit. There were some fives earlier. I think now we have a lot of sixes out there on the Ravens. Yeah, not getting a ton of love in the space on the Giants' side, despite being four and one and heading home. Uh, let me see. Yeah, five and a half on DraftKings still, six basically everywhere else. Caesar still got five and a half out there too. Yeah, I mean, the surprising game last week for the Giants to go to a neutral field and handle the Packers, really shut them down in the second half. I still feel it feels like it's smoke and mirrors when you kind of think about there's not a lot of talent on the defensive side of the football. Everyone that really matters outside of Saquon on the offensive side of the ball is hurt. Uh, they just are kind of piecing it together. It's really good coaching. It's amazing what good coaching can do. Now they are going to get a uh, Ravens team who really is either dominated for the most part or lost or blown a couple of games, right? They blew that game uh, in the rain against the Bills. They blew that game at home against the Dolphins. Otherwise, the Ravens could be could be talking about a 5-0 Ravens team here. Um, they played really well against the Blitz. And we know the Wing Martindale, very familiar with this Ravens team, with Lamar Jackson. Uh, former Ravens defensive coordinator is going to blitz him and bring him a ton of different looks. Um, so interested to see how this chess match plays out. Nagel, what are your thoughts here? That's exactly the point I'm leaning on. I think we get a Lamar Jackson ceiling performance here. Uh, not only the Giants, as you mentioned, sending the fourth highest rate of blitzes this year on the, on defense, but also Lamar, unlike his historical struggles, has been crushing the blitz. Seven of his 12 touchdowns this year have come against the blitz for eight and a half yards per attempt. No Rashad Bateman in this game. I don't think you even need him, honestly, because so many players, even Devin du DuVernay, are going to be left out on an island since the Giants and blitzing a lot are also running uh, top four rate of man coverage and cover one. So yeah, I, I like the Ravens to bounce back pretty strongly here. So I like the five and a half on DK. Yeah. We used to see Connor a lot more man looks when teams blitz, but we're seeing more like zone coverages in blitz looks this season than ever before. But to Dagle's point, we aren't seeing it very much with the giants. The giants are doing a lot of cover zero and a lot of like blitz in man stuff. So again, we've seen massive eruption spots from Mark Andrews here. This leads to uh, better production on the ground from rushing quarterbacks with Lamar when obviously man coverage defense turns his back. 
you know, Lamar hasn't been able to, to break big ones. We saw that long, almost 80-yard run against Miami. Good spot. I took this in the look-aheads at five and a half because I thought we were going to have a Giants loss, and I thought this was going to get to seven. We didn't, but I still feel pretty good about the Ravens side. What are your thoughts? It's so interesting because it's I don't understand how this giant like this Giants team at all because on paper, I mean, they have the worst receiving core in the league. Like this offense is beat up, but they can just continue to be okay. And like it's I, I don't really understand how, but they just get the job done. Maybe it's like a culture thing, maybe it's a luck thing. 12th in EPA, 16th in passing EPA. Saquon here, seventh and run EPA, third and explosive run rate. Those are essentially just Saquon stats at that point, and plus some Daniel Jones longs runs. But I will say the Ravens defense, after kind of getting picked apart in weeks two and three, they were 26 in pass EPA the past two weeks. And then the past two weeks, they were 14th in pass EPA, 14th, 15th against the run. So like we see them getting healthier. We see them getting better. So it's a pretty big disparity from where they got just absolutely wrecked by Miami. Uh, and then now they're playing a little bit better. So I think in this spot, you know, we're probably maybe not good, but, you know, at least average, I think is a big step up from what we considered at least early in the season to be like a complete disaster. Um, and so, yeah, I, I lean with Daigle here at five and a half. I mean, my only concern was just that like the Giants just somehow keep, you know, doing the Giants like that, which I know is not like a real reason to fade anything, but it, I mean, it makes me a little scared after, after what we've seen from them so far. They barely beat the Baker Mayfield led Panthers at home uh, a couple of weeks ago. So like, and they haven't really shown anything way different. Like, same thing. Like the Bears took them down to essentially the final possession um, at home. Uh, it's just again, I don't want to discredit like discredit the win in London against Green Bay, but like they just haven't done it against a lot of great competition, similar to the Browns. So they were down of- seventeen to three in the first half against the Packers last week. Aaron Rodgers threw for sixty three yards in the second half. Like it's it's tremendous coaching. I don't want to take away the wins either. Absolutely, but right. it's just it's such an obvious spot like if they do sneak in the postseason they're getting bounced like they just don't they don't have any talent that's why it's so funny in fantasy too because no matter what opportunities crop up you can't play anyone but Saquon Barkley it's a one-man team it's why you can't drop Kadarius Tony or even Wondell <laughs> Robinson because they probably come back at some point for even maybe a game uh, as far as Tony goes but like he's gonna have massive opportunity we're talking about like Darius Slayton getting the lion's share of the targets this week Right. And like David Sills and like just super dusty guys that, you know, Marcus Johnson, who, you know, just been doing nothing since like one big game with the Colts a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I, I still think the Ravens have too much talent. And I think it's a great spot for Mark Andrews. Great spot for Lamar and uh, five and a half on DraftKings, I think, is, uh, is an attackable number still. So. All right, we'll move on to another game that I never would have thought in the preseason that this would have made the show, but we'll talk about a game on the West Coast between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The uh, Cardinals are there's some two and a half. There's some threes out there. It's moved to three on FanDuel, actually. It's kind of the the outlier there. Uh, hefty total, though the total has dropped a little bit. 50 and a half. I believe 51 is mostly where we've opened. Basically 50 and a half painted across the board here. Look, I mean, First in offensive DVOA for Seattle, again, I don't even know what I would have done if someone would have offered me that line in the preseason. Like, what would you say through five weeks that Seattle's offense, led by Geno Smith, would be tearing the roof off of it efficient? Like, Geno was throwing darts, like boots, weak side, off the wrong shoulder, like it's incredible to watch. It's exciting. They actually seem to have talent. The offensive line, especially from a pass blocking standpoint, holding up pretty well. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett playing good football. 
We're going to get, you know, Kenneth Walker now with Rashad Penny out. I don't trust this Cardinals offense. I don't trust this Cardinals team at all. Like they continue to find ways to, first of all, get off to a really slow start. I don't know if it just Cliff can't figure out the first 15. They are by far the league's worst offense in the first half. They do nothing. It's all Kyler doing stuff in the second half. And even that's not really exciting. Last week, they have a shot to kind of come back. You know, he slides late thinking it's, you know, that he got a first down, spikes it on third down, and then they're left with fourth and one. And instead of being able to go for it, they have to take a kick a field goal. They miss, they lose the game. Like that's kind of the Cardinals in a nutshell here. So Seattle getting points at home in a division game where like Seattle feels like they've been the better team in a lot of ways. Now, both defenses are pretty terrible, Dangle, but um, I haven't made that bet, but I lean Seattle. would love to get your thoughts. I lean Seattle too, even though it does seem like a trap spot. Uh, Kyler Murray has been bad. He's actually averaging a career low 5.6 carries per game as well. So he's not giving us a rushing floor either, which is taking away from his ceiling performance. And they have been banged up. We'll see what happens. But we, as you mentioned, Seahawks defense historically lifts all tides. So I do think at least this game will go over. Uh, it could go either direction. Honestly, the Cardinals could put 40 on them since they made Jared Goff, for instance, the best quarterback in the league just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Taysom Hill, like Taysom Hill is fine. Taysom Hill's done 100 yards and four touchdowns, fine. Like Seahawks defense on the ground did that because they make everyone better. But on the other side of the ball, well, historically we know these matchups. The Seahawks have scored 28 points in four of their last six games against Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, and the Cardinals have averaged 25 points in Kyler's five career games against Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. But Arizona didn't blitz Baker Mayfield in week four because they probably figured they would just let him make the mistakes for them, and he did. But beyond that game, they blitzed enemy quarterbacks at at least 40% of their dropbacks in every other contest. And oddly enough, Geno Smith has the highest completion rate among all quarterbacks in the league against the Blitz this year. So I do think they're sending the house at him, and I think he can have success. So I think the safest way to bet this total is going over uh, because, again, I don't. I, I could see a matchup where the Cardinals put up 35 and, like, backdoor. So the over is where I'm leaning here. And we're on the right side to take an over at 50 and a half, like, to get the key number of 51. Does matter in uh, – in totals betting. Um, Con, I've been looking at the Seattle team total because I kind of agree with Dangle. I kind of like the over. I kind of lean Seattle, so I'm taking the lowest entry point here, whereas the Seattle's team total is two, two and a half points lower than Arizona. Um, haven't pulled the trigger there, but I do lean that way. Any thoughts from you for this matchup? What are you seeing across the board for Seattle's team total? 24 and a half. Okay. Yeah, I would have loved to get that on the other side of 24, but I do agree that, I mean, the over in this game, I think is a smash. So when I, before, when I'm breaking on every game, I usually write down like what I, what I would make the spread and what I would make the total. And then before I'm looking uh, at the spreads and totals, like double checking, uh, I mean, I had this at like 54 and I had Seattle minus two. So, uh, you know, exactly in line with you guys, Cardinals favored by two and a half on the road here and the, the total is 50 and a half. So yeah, I, I love the over here. I mean, you guys said it well, but just, Seahawks defense is so bad. Bottom five in every metric. Cardinals offense has not really played that well, but they did go 55% no huddle last week, which is a good sign. Um, I will say, though, that, I mean, there's the Kenneth Walker thing. People are really excited about him. I think he gets the majority of the work. Cardinals run defense, if they have any kind of redeeming quality, seventh in run defense EPA, which is, I mean, fine. You know, so I guess the better way to attack them is through the air. Uh, and I just cannot get over that throw by Geno Smith last week, like rolling out to his left, throwing across his body, just like an absolute rope 
over the corner. Uh, it was a Will Disley. Uh, incredible throw for any of the listeners who have not seen it. I uh, would definitely oh, recommend I, going to see it. Everyone has you, to have seen it. I thought you were going to mention the the over the top to over the double team to Tyre Lockett. That one I felt Twice. was even better. Uh, like, yeah. that, that dime in the end zone was my God. I, I mean, he, that was great too. He stepped up in the pocket and like perfectly dropped in the bucket, but I don't know. I just like all game. I mean, Geno Smith highlight reels in 2022. I mean, we know that everything is a simulation now. I mean, based in on a what NFL season <laughs> where points are down compared to the past couple of years through five weeks where yards per carry up because they need to ban cover two. So football can be fun again. Uh, Geno Smith is honestly the best story in the NFL. It's fun to watch every single week. Yeah. I mean that, that line is, you know, they wrote me off and I didn't write back was, uh, you know, week one was fantastic. And, you know, it was a nice little clip in week one after one game, but like we've like five weeks deep and he's been really good. So yeah, it is a good story. Uh, I do think this is, a good spot for so many things in the prop market. We'll I'm sure dig into some of that tomorrow on prop drop. Uh, last week, Daigle was really convicted in the uh, commanders and Titans game. So I put together a same game parlay. I think there are so many pieces here in this game to put together a same game parlay. If you wanted to, you know, get a little funky, there's a lot of, and it's kind of narrow as far as like how the te- you know players are involved on both sides. And the only reason, cause I wanted to bet the Seahawks, but, Honestly, like when you hang around with the Saints who aren't even good, it kind of concerns me. Also, they are they're an opposite team. No, no, no. They're the same team as the Cardinals. And that I believe Gino has thrown just one touchdown in the second half. Like, like the like the Cardinals. No, opposite. Seahawks don't score in the second half. Cardinals only score in the second half since the Cardinals have yet to score a single point in the first first quarter this year. So that's the only thing that concerns me is that you have to put away a team like the Saints and they just kind of lingered around with them. Even the Bengals, like we're not going to talk about this game, but honestly, the Bengals under three is a pretty good bet. So oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. the bet then. Seahawks first half, Cardinals second half. You can bet that. and You'll get great odds on that actually. Yeah. No, I like the Bengals look too. Uh, the Bengals as a pick and uh, look aheads. Yeah. Again, a lot of man covers that they'll be seeing too. And that's worked out for well for them too. All right, we'll move to the Sunday night contest, an uh, NFC East game that uh, will have, at this point, playoff implications because they're both in the mix. Surprisingly, uh, Philly has moved out uh, to six in some spots. 42 is the total in most books, 42 and a half on FanDuel. You know, kind of a you know marriage of things that we do really well. We've seen this Dallas front defensively, really in general. They played... I think above expectations this year, but you know, last year we had some splash plays. Obviously, Michael Parsons is tremendous and makes a lot of good highlight plays, but they've started to play a little bit more conservative. And Trayvon Diggs has been less of that gamble, and they've been playing a little bit more responsibly and um, generating a ton of pressure from their front four, and mostly generating it similar to what we saw with the Bills early this season, organically through the front four. Not a lot of blitzes and stuff against an Eagles front. That is, I think, going to be healthy. It looks like everyone's trending to be uh, ready for this one. We'll have to wait and see again as we record on Thursday. We're not sure of that yet, but that impacted their game plan last week against the Cardinals, who blitzed the house a ton, forced them into really quick seam sideline passes to get the ball out. Um, it really kind of changed after just dominating through the first couple of possessions. We saw them pivot here. Uh, but interested to hear your thoughts here, Daigle. Four and one Dallas against the only undefeated team in the Eagles. I don't think the Cowboys should be getting as many points, honestly. Like, 
They did what they had to do last week. They had zero offense. Micah Parsons single-handedly won that game for them last week. But they still dominated it without an offense. Uh, The Cowboys' defense, like if you were ranking the most important units in the NFL, for whatever reason, put them in whatever order you want. But it's probably Bill's offense and the Cowboys' front seven. Like that, Those are the two best units in the entire NFL. Cowboys have left to yet to allow 20 points in any game. Cowboys have left to allow any quarterback, and they've played Brady and Joe Burrow, to throw for 240 yards in a game. Um, and when push came to shove, oddly enough, last week, the first time the Eagles were in a competitive game all year, at one point in the second half, they ran on 12 of 15 plays in a row. Uh, it was insane. And so I worry a little bit now and just think it's far too many points for a team that's at least respectable going against, against Philadelphia. I get it. I do think that because they were getting blitzed so heavily, because that's Arizona, like all they want to do and all they can do, um, it became kind of their way to combat that with, you know, Jordan Mulatto was out and like they were having other issues there too. So like the shifted guys. So um, yeah, six and a half is surprising. This is four and a half kind of where it opened. And, it, you know, obviously the Eagle side has been, Pounded like looking now, it's even six and a half basically across the board. So even that I was wrong. I looked at not too long ago and it was six, Connor. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I had it like at four, and I thought, oh, well, maybe we'll catch a three and a half because of how well Dallas has played. But I mean, this is I mean, this is probably the most pro Eagles podcast on the damn internet. And you know, even we're saying that this is probably just too many points, like based on how this is going. You mentioned Jordan Mailata was inactive last week. Landon Dickerson got hurt. Jason Kelsey both left, left last week at injuries. They're both got in limited practices today. So as you mentioned, they're trending towards the right direction. I mean, that's a big deal. So like, I just don't really think that this line is factoring in. If, if, if those guys miss, like I'm really worried about this team, at least their offense. And so in that point, I'm probably just betting the under. I mean, I don't know if I'm still, or maybe Cowboys, but I don't know. I, I mean, I think that's probably the side though, is Cowboys and the under, if especially if any of those guys miss. But if you know they're fully healthy, I'd probably still lean towards the under here because I think we'll get just like a good battle on both sides, uh, you know, from this offense and defense. Yeah, it's probably the right look. I mean, this number is telling us that they think that those guys are active along the offensive line. So that matters in a big deal. And like you said, if we're trending and we get this, uh, we get news that they're not playing, I mean, that's a pretty big mismatch advantage for the Cowboys. Um, so to be catching six and a half and again, like the QB wins thing, like the Cooper rush thing is like, it's a great story. Like, they are not really trying to do much with him. Like he dropped back 19 times last week. I didn't try to ask him to do a lot. They're not going to ask him to do a lot here. It doesn't mean that they can't stand well in football games, but to Dago's point, like their front seven is good enough to win the football games and put them in position to be better than I think any of us thought once that comes back and uh, be interested to see, well, that looks like probably the following week because this looks like uh, Cooper Rush for sure. If you want a terrible, terrible long shot bet, uh, I'm looking for odds on it right now. I, I want to see if it's moved. But honestly, if the Cowboys win this game, Mike McCarthy's right there for coach of the year, like literally right up there uh, because he, he would be undefeated with the backup quarterback. And so I, I think it's a good futures look to be ahead of because it only surges immensely if the Cowboys win this one, which they very well can. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I got to look, look up these odds really quick while you're talking. Noonan, the, you're, you're trying to squash Jerry Jones just driving all the clicks and media takes to Dallas. I mean, it's, you know, you got to respect the game there. I mean, he's, he's just a f- engagement farming with the media, you know. He, uh, man, he loves clicks. He knows how to get them too. <laughs> Oh, no, for sure. He's a genius as far as that goes, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, 
it, it is just interesting. I feel like there's like a, I, I don't know. I feel like the media doesn't really like Dak very much. Uh, there's a like quick anti-Dak um, narrative at times. And I feel like that's kind of propped up uh, Cooper Rush here a little bit too. So yeah, I mean, it's a good story and all like, you know, he doesn't lose football games, but we, you know, the quarterback wins as a lifelong Tom Brady fan can tell you that, you know, like quarterback wins is a, a pretty egregious stat. Um, you know, Brady was bolstered with a lot of early wins from um, not great performances and some pretty fantastic new England defenses. So uh, that's kind of what's happening with Cooper Rush. I'm FanDuel right now, by the way, Matt McCarthy, 20 to one eighth on the board. Uh, I would imagine he gets to 16 to one, maybe even further than that, ahead of Brandon Staley, uh, depending what happens in this game. Brandon Staley's still up there? Doug Peterson and Brandon Staley are 16 to 1. Interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm holding Sirianni, so it might not be a bad place to hedge here uh, for a coach of the year spot, actually, to be honest. Probably would be the best, right, in the yeah. division, knowing that, yeah. And actually, when I remember doing some of that work that we did in the preseason schedule-wise, that, that matchup that Dallas has um, at home late in the season, I think Philly's win. coming off of, like, three straight road games or something like it's like a massive negative rest um, advantage for the Cowboys in that spot too. So if they can and, get this, and remember year, that's a big one. the AP uh, and the, who votes is pretty fair for coach of the year. Uh, remember, was it last year, two years ago? No, it was last year. Whenever Zach Taylor, who took the team to the Super Bowl, they, they saw through how farce that was. They knew it was Joe Burrow and that he got third in coaching behind Rich Passaccia, who doesn't even have a coaching job right now. <laughs> and rightfully so, because Passaccia coached an amazing second half of the season for the Raiders. So they're pretty fair with coaching too. So McCarthy can sneak this one in. All right. The bell of the ball. Uh, in you know prime time too. We don't have like, it's not an island game. It's, you know, part of the normal Sunday, late slate, late window. Um Again, you'll be back and forth between the riveting Arizona and Seattle game, but we got the uh, rematch of really one of the best football games that I've ever watched. I think anyone that uh, watched last year's playoff game would feel the same way. We have it's moved down. The Bills are now two and a half point favorites on the road in Kansas City. It is going to be a fantastic football game. The way that these offenses interact with each other. I know like chasing a high over at like 54 feels like it's a lot of points, but I mean, I, I can't tell myself a story where I don't think that this number is, I don't know what to make it 56, 57, where I feel like it's too high. Um, I just don't see how the bills don't get to 30, 31. And the way that the chiefs are going to push them, they have to kind of keep their foot in the gas. And I think we're going to have a lot of points here. I would lean bills. Uh, would love to get your guys thoughts. Take will start here. I, take the sucker bet that everyone's talking about and go Chiefs just because it's Patrick Mahomes as a dog at home for the first time in his entire career. So yeah. I take the points, whatever, because although it's hard to pick where the Chiefs kill you, the fact is they're still killing you. Like Patrick Mahomes still is top five in the league in touchdown rate against four-man pass rushes, and that's what we know the Bills are going to do. They didn't blitz him last year. They only blitzed him nine times, just 20% of his dropbacks in that postseason game, and they are blitzing at the least highest rate in the NFL, the league's lowest rate this year. They're just going to send forward him, and he's going to crush them. And at the same time, again, we know where it's going since Travis Kelsey has accounted for 47% of his passing touchdowns. Justin Watson and Nicole Hardman are the only wide receivers on this team with a receiving touchdown. Absolutely insane. And so, again, we know where the ball's going to go. But at the, at the same time, in this matchup last year, Josh Allen averaged 320 yards totaled seven touchdowns and no interceptions against the Chiefs. So 
it is interesting, but again, I'm taking the points just because I feel like it's yet again, whoever has the ball last is going to win this game. And that's just a coin flip in my opinion. I agree. That's why I'm on the, in particular, the bills team total. I can get behind a game over because I do think that the chiefs, you know, hang here too. I do think it's incredible to think that, you know, Mahomes has you know, never been a dog at home. Um, it's, it's wild, but it makes sense because they've been you know, dominant since he's been in the league. I just don't see how the bills outside of shooting themselves in the foot. A lot of times don't get really crazy from a point total standpoint. So for me, I'm probably not going to have any action on the side. Uh, I'll chase points and cheer for points like a, a square uh, better. But uh, Connor, what are your thoughts here on uh, this matchup? Yeah, it was another one of those that I'm like, oh, the total's probably like 56, 57. And I look at it at 54. I'm like, this, this is not enough. I mean, both these teams top two in EPA and like top five in basically every offensive metric. And I think the biggest mismatch here actually would be the Bills offense against the Chiefs defense here. Chiefs defense so far, kind of like coming back to earth after a better start, just 20th in pass EPA per play, 22nd overall success rate. They've just allowed 29 to the Raiders, 31 to the Bucks the past two weeks. I mean, the Bills could absolutely light them up, I think, especially now with Gabe Davis healthy, at least looking a little bit healthier. Um, I mean, I agree that Chiefs should not probably be plus three. It should probably be, I would guess, like one, you know, I would guess at that point. But I still think that like the over here is probably the right play. You're looking at like a, I mean, 30, 27, you know what I mean? Like even 20, you know, like 28, 27, something like that is still gets you there. And I think like those like high 20 range of outcomes, I, I like the over in this one probably. I'm, it's frustrating to still see the Chiefs, who I think are really sharp. And Andy Reid, anything that he's touched in the last 20 years in the league has been successful. They still do too much running on first down. Um, when you look at like some of their DVOA splits, like they are not a really good first down team. Um, the passing stuff's not really creative. Second down, it's when you get to second and third down, that tells you that's Mahomes creating plays working from, you know, behind the chains because they didn't really execute on first down and he's Patrick Mahomes. And because, yeah, they don't have to rekill, but like he's still Patrick Mahomes. They still have enough weapons. It's dispersed, but like they still figure it out. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with Connor. I think they're probably the weakest unit here is still probably the chief's defense. Um, you know, I think the Jarius need is a solid corner, but like not anything to slow down what is now a, a bills really offense that we haven't seen healthy since week one, against the Rams, right? Gabe Davis kind of got dinged up and we haven't really seen him until last week. Last week, we kind of did it a lot without Isaiah McKenzie. He'll be back this week. So we kind of have all systems go for the Bills. And we haven't really had that. Now, they're not all systems go on the defensive side. That's why I do think the Chiefs can push them without Micah Hyde, without Jordan Poyer in the back half. I think you're going to see, see Mahomes be able to manipulate those guys and get some big plays. But yeah, I mean, uh, 54 is still a bet for sure. The only, I guess, like concern and something that I thought about is I don't really know how it's fared lately, but like, you know, Arrowhead games are not easy. I mean, just like in general, like playing on the road in Arrowhead is something that at least for a while was like you'd have two high scoring teams and like teams would just come in there and shit the bed. I mean, I think the Bills are way beyond that point, but still, it's like something that like there was a couple seasons, like, I mean, at least three, four seasons where every game in Arrowhead was just like way, way lower scoring than like what we thought it would be. So, uh, I mean, that's like the only factor that I really could see, you know, kind of slowing down the bills here. Yeah, but we have history here, right? With this, they've gone right. there uh, a few times. They played here in uh, October of 2021. Um, they played this playoffs, you know, later that year. We know the matchup, you know, twice last year. Like they've 
this team is not unfamiliar. This like this iteration of this team is not unfamiliar with going to Arrowhead. So I think that that, um, you know, does help a little bit. So as Noah says in the chat as well, every CEH snap, that's not a Jarrett McKinnon snap is a wasted snap. Uh, that's also the issue with betting props in this game too, because well, I mean, we just got rope doped from Jarrett McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco and week four Pacheco was used on the first drive. It wasn't garbage time. Like they were concertedly using him. He outtouched McKinnon 11 to three. And then last week, Pacheco gets one carry. It's in the second quarter. McKinnon is used over him and looks amazing too. So you just can't trust. It's what actually the only number that killed our Monday night was a Monday night. Yeah. Monday night football underdog prop slip that I put out for everyone. So you just can't trust their backfield right now. Yeah, it's tough. I kind of agree like, though. I mean, McKinnon looks trust good, him. dude. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, you just can't you can't trust it though. That's the thing. Like no, I would for sure. Now I know some people are desperate. Bye weeks are happening, and people didn't prepare for it in fantasy. And like they're showing me their list of just terrible running backs that are on the waiver wire. And uh, McKinnon probably is the best one given the matchup. And you just throw them out there and pray. But beyond that, you you genuinely don't have a good lean on it at all. I took the Bills team total uh, in an alt line. I took it at thirty and a half. There are some 28s uh, available. There still are. But really, once like if you can't get it under like 27, 28, you're kind of dealing with some dead numbers at 29 and 30. So for me, I think give me the plus number at 30 and a half where, you know, I think I need to get to 31, which happens, you know, more than twice as frequently as 29 and 30 combined. So like you're playing around distribution of scores that matters a lot in totals, especially in team totals. That matters too. So I think you can find some alts out there. Caesars offers them. Points bet offers them. Team total alts. Uh, I like getting plus money over 30 and a half there for the bills. So good stuff uh, as always, gents. So appreciate it. Connor, what do you have coming up at four for four? Uh, well, you know, I have officially hacked the TikTok algorithm. Uh, you know, first TikTok over a hundred thousand views. So, you know, shout out me. Um, but you know, just continue to time, man. Oh, a hundred thousand views. Yeah. hundred thousand. What clip was it? Oh man. You're going to, you're going to be so mad. It was a clip of, well, actually you'll love this. It was a clip of Najee Harris taking a carry with my tweet embedded saying he's not hundred percent. Like he rushed for 11 carries for 20 yards and he just like looked like he had a piano on his back. Like literally it was this, the worst cut I've ever seen. It was like the David Johnson run. It was, it was ago. reminiscent of the David Johnson cut. I'll, I'll send you the TikTok clip. It was horrible. I was watching the game. I was like, oh my God, that was the worst cut I've ever seen. So I had to like stop the rewatch, clipped it tweeted out and for some people reason people love hating Najee Harris not not in your comments Daigle but apparently in TikTok they loved it uh this time around so I'll probably not, give your TikTok a reboost actually uh from Najee Harris Najee Harris has out touched Jalen Warren 82 to 26 this year they have the same number of carries that are touches that have gone for 10 plus yards <laughs> seven seven each uh, Colin and I were talking I wanted Najee unders this week combined yardage and the books are just sharper they open it like so low it's like 60 and a half, 59 and a half or something like that. And it's like, it's still maybe a play to be honest, but uh, yeah, it's, he doesn't, uh, I mean, he doesn't, he's only been targeted four times in six quarters from Kenny Pickett too. Like it's not going up. It only goes down. Might still be a, a play. Okay. So. I mean, we could still play it. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm oh, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get I mean, there. You're, not, you're not scared of Najee Harris. Like just no, play, whatever. Whatever. play, play five yards. You're not scared. Yeah. The, the issue is we got burned on the exact same one from uh, uh, earlier in the season. Trubisky had like four dump offs to him for like 10 yards it just to like rip us. Like it was like the fourth quarter, like the game was out of hand. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And it is, it's, it's going to be negative game script. Uh, I see some people in the chat getting excited about the Steelers and you should not be excited about that Steelers offense and Kenny Pickett. It's not going to be pretty this week. 
I know there are people in the chat that I respect and they want to take, you know, Steelers money. You want to take the Steelers. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't. You really Uh, don't. I don't think so. So I know the Bucs didn't look great last week, but uh, I'm willing to bet, you know, long-term on Tom Brady. They didn't have a problem moving the ball. They just had problems scoring. Like it's they're They're still going to move the ball with ease against the Steelers. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, So Connor is in all the social media streets crushing as always. So uh, four for four bets is uh we're available there on tiktok you can find connor out connor allen nfl there as well similar to his twitter handle connor grinding all things uh social and, and killing it so i uh, will have some props on the site as well continue to look for him there uh Dale, what do you got coming up everything um yeah dfs article and show tomorrow if you're in those streets uh we'll be back sunday morning dfs discord as well i'm popping in and out of the discord I don't know if I should say this. I don't want to make it too big. It probably won't be too big. But um, I don't know. I've had I've recently in Chicago had just like people who watch our shows and are in the Discord and our subs just reaching out, wanting to grab beers. And um, I got time. Saturday's my free day. And so like I love exploring the burbs of Chicago. I think the burbs, the greenery of Chicago is amazing. And so um, I'll be going out for beers Saturday with a sub. So if you happen to be like a 4-4 member or whatever, you want to DM me, we'll be in North of Chicago. Hit me up. Meet us and grab a beer. Love it. Daigle, plus impression, uh, pressing flesh, uh, getting out there. I'm a man of the people. Yeah, love that about you. Bengals fans, Najee Harris fans, they all need to meet me in person. We'll be fine. (laughs) Again, subscribe uh, to the podcast, to the YouTube channel. Lots of great content from uh, just a plethora of different folks that are doing uh, great work really proud of uh, all the things we have going on again the nba stuff is kicking off uh we have you know there are people talking baseball in the discord we'll be firing off prize picks underdog you know any sort of pick em game you can challenge you can play uh we have channels in our discord as well those are free uh, for you too so uh, as always for my friends here connor and Daigle, i'm ryan we'll see you next week